0: Hi there, and a very warm welcome to episode 4 of People Soup. It's Ross McIntosh here. This week's episode is called What's the Story? Cruella de Choice. I've got a couple of updates on the evolution of the podcast, and then I want to focus in on a tale of my cookerhood. Yes, I'm talking about the extractor above the hob. Fear not, I haven't forgotten that this is a podcast about behavioural science for work, So what I'll then do is relate this to a work situation that might resonate with some of you. It's about how our stories can limit our behavioural repertoire at work. I'll finish with a call to action, an invitation to you to share some of your own stories that hold you back. And I'll come back to this at the end. Well, you've just heard one of my updates. We now have some sound effects or some incidental music, if you like, to give us a bit of identity Courtesy of Andy Glenn, a talented chap based in York. You'll note I've continued on the soup theme by using spoons. I know, I know, it's hilarious. The other update is that we're now live on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher and TuneIn. So you should be able to find us there or wherever you find your podcasts. And if you're so inclined, a subscription to the podcast and a review would be enormously appreciated. So, down to business. Let me tell you about our cooker hood. One day it stopped working. It's one of those ones that slides out and starts working automatically, and one day it didn't. Oh blimey, what a catastrophe, said my mind. What a first world problem. My story was, oh lordy, I'm terrible at DIY. Notice that, I'm terrible at DIY, how emphatic that is, how judgmental it is. Some associated thoughts that my mind generated were if we need to get someone in to fix this, it's going to be expensive and they'll know I haven't got a clue. Maybe we should just get a new one and I can fit it. Oh, but hang on, I'm terrible at DIY. Ladies and gentlemen, time passed. We got used to cooking without an extractor. It became the new norm. It influenced the types of food we cooked I occasionally thought, oh, I must get this sorted, but that soon passed, especially when my story kicked in. So, with my story in the driving seat, I did nothing. After all, my story is true. The thing is, the story limited my range of behaviour. It became me. I had no choice. One day, over a year later, I noticed a neighbour was having some kitchen work done, and they were using an electrician. Apparently this electrician had done lots of work in our building, so I asked for his number. Another few weeks passed. To be honest, when you've left something that long, what's a couple more weeks? Eventually I mustered the courage and I called the electrician. He said, before you do anything, remove the panel under the cabinets and you should find a plug in a socket. Try replacing the fuse in the plug and see if that works. I had to hold back from telling him about my story that I'm no good at DIY. I followed this wonderful man's instructions and within half an hour of the call, our hoot was working again. So basically, asking for the number set up a train of activity that I could have taken months ago to resolve the issue. By the way, for those of you who live in Brighton, the electrician's details are tagged in my website. What the heck has this got to do with the world of work? Let me try and explain that story of mine, I'm terrible at DIY. How helpful was that for me in moving forward to sort out the cooker hood? I'd suggest not very helpful. And the same thing can happen with our stories at work. So let's move across to the workplace. A while back I was coaching a senior manager, Sarah, who felt stuck in her career. Sarah's not a real name and she has given me permission to talk about this part of her coaching. I'm going to focus in on one particular element of the coaching that we worked on. Not the largest issue, but a significant one. Sarah worked in a large organisation. She was ready for the next move, and her approach was to wait and see what jobs came up in the regular bulletins and see if there was anything of interest. This is how she'd always secured her next role. She wasn't particularly inspired by this prospect, particularly as she'd been checking the bulletins for over ten months. And on the other hand, she wasn't invigorated by the thought of remaining in her current role. Sarah felt stuck and completely downhearted. In our coaching session, we tried to uncover the story. Sarah thought she had no control and very little choice over her next career move. This was the way she had always found her next role. It was down to what was available and a bit of luck. In describing this situation, I noticed that her voice was monotonous, her body was slumped in the chair, and there was a real sense of despondency. She had a story about how she secured her next role. That story was, I have no choice. I just have to wait and hope to get lucky. This felt in many ways like my relationship with the broken cooker hood. It became her. In our work together, she gave the story a name. Cruella a choice. This reflected how it made her feel. It cruelly robbed her of options, and by giving it a name, it helped her to spot when it was in operation and to call it out in a way that was a bit playful. I asked where she would choose to move next if there were no barriers. She said she couldn't think, and then and then something happened. She began to describe a new project that was underway in the organisation. It was no good, though, as they wouldn't be recruiting for at least six months, and of course she had no choice, so she would just have to wait even longer if she wanted to apply for these roles. I noticed that when she described this project, she lit up like a Christmas tree, her posture was upright, she became animated, and her tone was excited. We explored this moment together. Were there any possible actions she could take to find out more about the project? This was a definite ping moment. She reflected that there was an acquaintance who was already a lead on the project and thought she might drop them an email to find out more. This small action of sending an email was certainly outside her comfort zone. It became more accessible once she'd identified and called out her story, Cruella de Choice. This had offered her new possibilities for her behavioural repertoire. When the story was in control, Sarah was a passive participant in the process of securing her next job. Was her story helpful? Heck no. She did send the email and soon after had a great conversation over a coffee with this acquaintance from the project. She began to see how she could potentially fit in and contribute. Of course she would still need to go through a, a, a recruitment process, but she was, she was invigorated and interested in the potential opportunity. she'd already arranged a follow-up meeting. Interestingly, on the back of this experience, she also contacted another area of the organization that had always intrigued her. She wanted to find out more about what they did. As humans, often we have a greater range of behavioral responses than those that are immediately apparent or those that our stories dictate to us. Sarah was willing to contact the project lead to instigate a conversation Even though it was a bit nerve-wracking, she recognised the limitations that her story had created. Again, like the cooker hood, this story wasn't useful to her in resolving her next career move. So what's my takeaway from this? If you're frustrated by something in the workplace, can you just take a moment to pause and think about, is there an underlying story at work? Now it's probable that the story isn't going to go away but what we can work on is the influence it has on us or the the way we relate to it. What we can do is call out the story, maybe give it a name and see if we can spot alternative actions or other options on the behavioural menu. My only recommendation when considering these options is keep them small. I really can't stress this enough. When you're thinking about behaviours or actions you can take, keep them small. On that menu of behaviours, we're not looking for a main course, or even a starter, not even a side dish. What we're after is an amuse-bouche. And here's an invitation. I believe by sharing our stories of what's limiting us at work, perhaps alongside the playful name, It could be quite a powerful and normalising exercise. We could even share the small actions we've taken or are committed to take. It could help us recognise the humanity of what's going on in every workplace and perhaps even inspire other people. I'd love to share some of your stories, their playful names and small actions in a future podcast, with your permission of course. And if you're willing to share please do get in touch via email at peoplesoup.pod at gmail.com or Twitter, uh, Ross McCoach. By limiting ourselves with our stories at work, we're not only keeping ourselves trapped, but we're depriving ourselves, our colleagues, and our organisation of our potential. And I think that's me done for this episode. Thanks again to Andy Glenn for his majestic spoon magic. If you'd like to follow the podcast, you can do so on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher and TuneIn, and I think many other podcast services. Thanks very much for listening and bye for now.